Well, welcome to our first fruit celebration for the month of Av. You know, in biblical times, every month, the Jews would begin the month with a special celebration. They would come together, they would praise the Lord, uh, they would give a first fruits offering, and they would listen to the prophets to hear what God was saying about the month they were entering. Because if we understand what God is saying about where we are in his time frame, we can prosper in every season. And I believe the month of Av is one of the most important months to understand what God is saying about it. And so the message today is the month of Av for 2023, a month to break the curse and enter the promise. So welcome to our first fruit celebration for the Hebrew month of Av. Now Av is a different month. And it's a month that many Jews do not look forward to. As a matter of fact, many consider Av to be a month associated with a curse. And yet Av can also be a time to break curses and enter into God's incredible promises. Now, one of the greatest truths of Christianity is that God wants to set his people free from every curse. Tell your neighbor, God doesn't want you under a curse. But see, many people live their lives under a curse and God wants you to know you don't have to because Jesus came to set you free. And God wants to set you free from the power of sin, from the power of shame, from the power of Satan, from the power of demons, and from the power of every curse. God wants every curse broken so you can walk in the fullness of his blessing. Now to do that, you need to understand the difference between a blessing and a curse. Some Christians are sort of confused. When they get sick, they think, oh, God may have sent this to bless me. That's not, that's not a blessing. What is blessing? Blessing is a surprising increase of what is good, beneficial, and pleasant in life. Let me show you what blessing looks like. When blessing is at work, what was barren begins to bloom. What had been decreasing produces abundance. And what was dead experiences overflowing life. Now see, a curse is just the opposite. A curse brings decrease in what is good and beneficial and pleasant. A curse takes what was flourishing and makes it barren. It takes what has life and releases sickness and death. It takes abundance and drains it away until all that's left is poverty and lack. And the bad news is many Christians are living under a curse instead of enjoying God's blessing. Here's another way to look at the curse. A curse is an open door to the devil in your life. 
See, the devil is always looking for an opportunity to oppress you. Jesus said he wants to come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And a curse gives the devil an opportunity. Now let me show you why some Christians live under a curse. Because of their past lifestyle, some Christians come into the Christian life burdened down by sin and guilt and shame. And those things give Satan an open door to oppress them. They're tormented by demons. The result is they live their lives under a curse. One thing after another goes wrong. There seems to be no way of escape. And very often they start going to church and that doesn't help. Because some churches don't teach you how to walk in God's blessing. They're not set free from their past. So instead of being set free many times in church, more burdens are added. On top of the other burdens, they now have religion and ritual and legalism. And they never experienced the joy and the freedom God promised. But see, that was never God's plan. The good news is God is restoring his church. He is breaking off dead religion. God is giving you the key to freedom because you don't have to live under a curse. You can be free. You can walk in freedom experiencing the joy God created you to have and move forward to fulfill your destiny in the earth. Now the good news is any curse that you are under can be broken. And I don't know of a better time to teach you about breaking curses than this Sunday because this is our first fruit celebration for the month of Av. And the Jews consider the month of Av to be associated with a curse. If you study Jewish history, you discover something surprising. Because the Jews have experienced many calamities over the years, and most of those calamities have occurred on the same day of the year. The ninth day of the month of Av. The ninth of Av in 587 BC, the armies of Babylon destroyed Solomon's temple. The ninth of Av, 70 AD, the Roman armies destroyed the second temple. The ninth of Av, AD 135, the Jews were defeated by Rome and the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. The ninth of Av in 1095, the first crusade was launched, which resulted in thousands of Jews being killed. The ninth of Av, the year 1290, all Jews were expelled from England. The ninth of Av, 1492, all Jews were expelled from Spain. The ninth of Av, 1942, the Jews were deported from the Warsaw Ghetto to the death camps. The 9th of Av, 2005, under the promise of land for peace, the expulsion of Jews from Gaza began. But instead of bringing peace, Hamas used Gaza as a launching pad to attack Israeli cities. And we could go on and on and on looking at the calamities that have come on the 9th of Av. And I believe all of these events taking place on the same day is not just a coincidence, I believe it's a curse. 
Over and over again on the ninth of Av, the Jews have experienced destruction. Now to understand the ninth of Av curse, the first thing we need to know is it was never God's plan for his people to live under a curse. The month of Av was never supposed to be a month of disaster and sorrow. Av was supposed to be a month of blessing and celebration. So let's look to see how the curse began. At the Exodus, God brought Israel out of Egypt by his mighty power. At Passover, he set them free from slavery and released them from the enemy's oppression. He led them through the Red Sea and he showed them his power in the wilderness. He taught them at Sinai and revealed his glory. And then in the month of Av, he brought them to Kadesh Barnea at the very border of the promised land. Just ahead of them was Canaan, the land God had promised to give them. It was a land of milk and honey, a land where they could dwell in God's presence and enjoy God's abundant blessing. The book of Deuteronomy uh, describes the land this way. It says, the Lord is bringing you into a fertile land a land that has rivers and streams, springs and underground streams gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land that produces wheat and barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and honey. And there you will never go hungry or ever be in need. Its rocks have iron in them and from its hills you can mine copper. You will have all you want to eat. You will give thanks to the Lord your God for the fertile land he has given you. And see, that is the blessing God wanted them to receive. And so 12 spies entered the land and searched it out. And they brought back the fruit of the land for everyone to see and taste. And they all agreed this land is just what God promised it would be. They only disagreed on one thing whether they could trust God to give them the land. 10 of the spies said, we can't take the land. The enemies are too strong for us. We will all die. But two spies said, God will give us the land. God has brought us this far. Let's move forward in faith and take the land. But on the ninth of Av, Israel chose to listen to the voice of unbelief. God had opened the door to their future, but they refused to go through. And see, that was Israel's sin at Kadesh Barnea. In God's plan, Av was supposed to be a month of celebration and blessing. Av was supposed to be the month Israel entered the promised land. It should have been a yearly celebration of God's goodness to Israel but they refused the blessing. They held back in unbelief. They tasted the fruit, but refused to enter. The book of Hebrews says they refused to mix the promise with faith. And the month of Av became a month of mourning and destruction. So at Kadesh Barnea on the ninth of Av, their confession was, We can't trust God 
to keep his promise. The enemy is too strong. We will all die. And so over and over again on the ninth of Av, the Jews have found their enemies are too strong. And they died. Their unbelief had opened the door for a curse. See, Satan is always prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But a curse opens the door for the devil to attack. And God intended to bless Israel in every way, but because they refused to trust him, they received a curse instead of the blessing. And so they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, but they never really repented. And so every year the cycle repeats. Every year a door of destruction opens. See, when you don't repent of the sins of the past, a door of destruction remains open. The enemy gains an opportunity to bring his attacks. You can almost sense Satan waiting for the ninth of Av to see what he can do to the Jewish people this year. Now, how do we know that Israel never repented? Well, we know that because when the Messiah came, they repeated the same sin. When God sent the promised Messiah, they again refused to mix the promise with faith. The book of Hebrews tells us they repeated the sin of Kadesh Barnea all over again. They again tasted the good fruit of God's promise, but again they went, in un, went into unbelief and refused to enter. And that means they never really repented. Because the way you know you've truly repented is you don't go out and do the same sin again. Now, the Bible promises that one day they will repent. Someday the ninth of Av curse will be broken. There will come a day when the veil will be lifted. Israel will receive Yeshua, the Messiah, and they will all be saved. I have a theory about that. I think that's going to happen on the ninth of Av. I think God has a plan to redeem the ninth of Av. I believe it will one day be a day of celebration when all Israel will rejoice. But right now, Av is not a month the Jews look forward to. Av is probably the most important month of the year to pray for the Jews and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so Av can be a month to enter the blessing or experience the curse. But Av is also a month to break curses. See, the Jews can break the Av curse anytime they want to. All they have to do is repent of unbelief and choose to receive God's promise. But you know, many Christians struggle against curses. Their lives are plagued with inexplicable problems. It seems like there's an open door for the enemy in their life. And in spite of God's promises and their diligent attempts to make it, things never seem to work out. They just have one problem after another, one setback after another. Now, what are the evidences of a curse at work? How do you know if you are being affected by a curse? Well, there are many passages that explain that, 
One of the key is Deuteronomy 28. It just goes down the hill. These are what a, this is what a curse looks like. Things like sickness which cannot be cured. An endless stream of sicknesses that doesn't end. Continual financial lack. Ongoing mental or emotional distress, especially confusion and depression. Barrenness, reproductive problems. The breakdown of marriage, family alienation. Being accident prone. A family history of suicide or premature death. See, all of these and many more can be signs that a door for the devil has opened in your life. So what brings a curse? Well, sin opens the door for a curse. Ephesians 4.27 says, sin gives the devil an opportunity. So when you sin, a door to the devil is opened. But there's some specific sins that the Bible points to and says, this is a sin that will put you under a curse. First is anti-Semitism, Genesis 12.3. And that includes any racism. And specifically anti-Semitism, God says, that will put you under a curse. Robbing God, Malachi 3, you are cursed with a curse, for you robbed me. See, if you don't give God what he claims for himself, you're robbing him. You know, I grew up in a family, they were Christian, but they never tithed. They just would give something. And so when we started our marriage, we did the same thing, we didn't tithe. We never had enough. But we, but we thought, oh, we can't, look, we're not making it now, so we can't afford to tithe. And then one day God convicted me and the word said, you need to tithe because you're robbing for me. And so we talked about it, we prayed about it, we figured out how to do it, and we began to tithe, and suddenly a curse was lifted off of our finances. Another thing that brings a curse is robbing man. Zechariah 5 describes people who lie in order to rob in their business dealings. It says the curse will enter their house. Dishonoring a parent brings a curse. Deuteronomy 27, 16. Cursed is he who treats his parents with contempt. Idle words and self-cursing. You know, a lot of people curse themselves. If you walk around saying, oh, I just can't do it. I'm just never going to make it. That's a curse. You're cursing yourself. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. You know, it was part of Israel's problem because their confession was the enemy is too strong for us and we will die. That's a curse they placed on themselves. And so over and over again on the ninth of Av, they found their enemy is too strong and they die. Covenant breaking brings a curse. Idolatry, any form of idolatry, puts you under a curse. And see, if you have been guilty of any of these sins, the Bible says you have left a door wide open for the devil. So how do we break a curse? I mean, going through some of this, I know there's some of you here and some on the web, and you think, oh my, I think, I may be under a curse. How do you break that? Well, let me first recommend a book by Derek Prince called Blessing or Curse, You Can Choose. 
That is probably the best book ever written about blessings and cursing. I remember when Linda and I read that, we were just amazed, and we saw curse after curse lifted from our lives. But what that points out is this, God has made a way to break the power of every curse. Galatians 3 says, Jesus redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us. In other words, Jesus took the curse that we deserved so that we could have the blessing. And by shedding his blood, Jesus paid the price to break every curse, but we have to repent and receive that by faith. See, to deal with the curse, you need to repent of the sin that allowed the curse to come. Now, if you don't know what sin opened the door to the curse, I have an easy answer. Ask God. He will show you. And then you can take up Jesus' authority and break the curse. You know, you can do that right now. If you came in here under a curse, you don't have to have a curse on you when you leave. The key is to repent of every sin God shows you. So ask God to show you any sin in your life or any sin in your family line because your curses travel down family line. It may not be something you've done, but it's something you have seen in your family line that's bringing a curse on you. So ask God to show you any sin in your life or any sin in your family line that has allowed a curse to operate. And then choose to repent. See, in the month of Av, we have a choice. In the month of Av, we can choose to receive a curse or we can choose to break a curse. In the month of Av, we can choose to believe God's promise and enter into God's blessing. So if you see evidence of a curse working in your life, I have good news for you. You can break that curse right now. How many would like to break a curse today? Let's all stand up. See, if you feel the devil has an open door to your life, you can slam that door shut right now. Now, I'm going to lead you through that list of sins that we just read. These are specific sins. God said, watch out if you're doing this, if you've done this. That releases a curse. And if the Spirit quickens any of these to you, the solution is simple. You just repent. Repent means to confess and say, Lord, I did that. That's wrong. It's a sin. And then you renounce it. You turn from it. Now, it's important to repent of your personal sins, but also any of these sins that you know has been part of your family line, your bloodline. First is anti-Semitism. If you have been anti-Semitic, if you have told jokes about Jews, if you are guilty of any kind of racism, God says, you released a curse against yourself. Now, that's really important to get this. The root of racism is anti-Semitic. So some way, biblically, it came through 
a bloodline that there was a greater people or the Jews were lesser or, you know, just think about your family. And it breathes so that you see everyone either as lesser or better. Now, Father, we break that spirit of racism that is ruling through this nation where you made us all from one pot. And Father, we say, let our pot be tasty again. Woo! In Jesus' name. Amen. But if you know that you're guilty of that, or if you look back in your family line and you see those things taking place, just repent. Just say, Lord, I am so sorry, Lord. I for, uh, forgive me for that sin. And Lord, I turn from that now. And let me say one other thing so you understand. There comes a moment, just like Leanne and we were talking about today, where it shifts. I mean, and you don't have to just belabor this. I know in our family graveyard, at first, they had servants and they were buried outside. But when God convicted that bloodline, they extended the borders. Mm -hmm. And it all became a family that it should have been from the beginning. Now, Father, I say right now, we are coming into a new place of freedom. Mm -hmm. We are coming into a new place of authority in Jesus' name. Amber, Amen. share before Robert goes for, for share of what you just shared with me. So Daniel and I, I'm sure you know we've been going through a lot. And um, Daniel and I went to a, a, a marriage retreat, but then we were getting intensive counseling for a week, which we'll be going back and the kids will be going. Um, but when we were talking about root issues, childhood things, um, I, I, you know, I'd never thought I was a judgmental person, ever. And then we were trying to figure out where the open door is to sin. Like Robert's saying, there has to be an open door. And I realized that as a child, because of all the things my parents had in their home, I was judging them. And I, did, I didn't, I thought, I always thought judging was just discerning. I didn't realize that when you get up above, when you're looking up above somebody and you're looking down, then that's a judgment. Unless you feel empathy and you want to pray for somebody, then in, that would be... Uh, so I realized this has been it. And I think it happens, I know, to a lot of us because we think, okay, if we don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't steal, you know, then we're okay. But most of us don't realize we have a judgment. Just, oh, we're just walking, judging everything. Amen. And so... I would like to help us break the power and the habit. You'll have to work on the habit. We'll break the power, but you'll have to work on the habit. Yeah. And so, Father, right now, we take authority over every way, every way that we've gotten used to thinking that is not godly, Father. I thank you that you reveal to each person so that they can see what it, what it is, to uh, the sin that's been there, to unlock, Father, everything that you have for them. So right now, we break the power 
of judgment, Father, so that Amen. we can move into true discernment, your discernment, Father, and that we can move into a place of grace and empathy and, and prayer and not judge those around us in Jesus' name. Amen. And the good news is you can repent. Here's the second sin, robbing God. Confess and repent if you have failed to give God what is his. And like I said, when we chose to obey the word and say, okay, Lord, we're going to, we're going to begin to tithe. It transformed our finances. And so every, every week I look back and make sure I'm tithing on everything the Lord has brought in. And then I usually give an offering on top of that. But if, you, if, you're, if you've been robbing God, you can repent. Robbing man, lying, swearing falsely in order to rob in business dealings, any other kind of theft, if you have been guilty of that, you can repent. You can see that curse broken. Dishonoring a parent. Now, some of us had wonderful parents. Some of us had parents that weren't so wonderful. But no matter what parents you had, they're still your parents. And God wants you to honor them. Uh, Robert, let me, let me add to that. When I wrote pos Possessing Your Inheritance. Gosh, that's been a long time ago. And that book is still very important today. My aunt read the book. And she came to me. And she said, this book so honored our family where if you told the real story the way it could have been told in a worldly way, it would have been disastrous. You have to choose to honor you have to choose to honor. Mm -hmm. You have to watch your mouth and choose to honor. Lord, I loose the power of this. Amen. Upon us. The words of our mouth will be honoring. Doesn't mean you don't say what's right. Doesn't mean you don't tell the truth. It's just that you can do that with honor, some way, without trying to destroy what God intended for someone. Now, Father, I loose the anointing of honoring upon us as we go forward. Amen. And if you're guilty of dishonoring, disrespecting your parents, you can break that off in a moment. You can repent. You can turn from it. Idle words and self-care cursing. Some people walk around saying, oh, I'm never going to make it. Oh, things never work out for me. That's a curse. If you've done that, shut your mouth and repent. Covenant breaking. If you have not been faithful in your commitments, confess that is sin and repent. Idolatry, putting your trust in anything but God for your security you can repent. See, you need to repent of every one of these sins God showed you. And then in the process, God may have brought some other sins to mind. He wants you to repent. Repent of those too. But if you've done that, 
then I want to pray over you right now to break curses from your life. And repentance isn't some get down and wallow thing. Repentance is a gift. It's not something bad. Throw your hands up and say, I need this gift of grace. It's a gift. It's a gift, people. All it's doing is shifting your thoughts and transforming your mind. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we receive the gift of repentance, the gift of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, we call upon you to rest down on us right now. And Father, I thank you that Jesus took on himself the fullness of the curse so we could enjoy the fullness of your blessing. And since your people have now repented of these sins, I take up the authority that Jesus has given to his church and I cancel demonic assignments against them. And by the authority of Jesus, I break every curse that Satan has tried to afflict them with. Now in the name of Jesus, I now declare that the door for the curse is closed. Put your hand on somebody. Say you're doing better than when you came. So thank God by faith that in this month of Av, the curse has been broken. But there's one more thing you need to do this month because it's not enough to break the curse. This is a month to enter the promise. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Don't be like Israel. Don't hold back in unbelief. When you hear a promise from God, mix that promise with faith. Press forward to enter every promise God has given. See, some of us hear a promise from God and we say, oh, God would never do that for me. No. Now, Psalm 103 lists six promises God makes to those who walk with him. And he's very serious about it. He wants you to know all of these. He wants you to experience all of these. And he urges, don't forget even one of them. He says, God forgives all your sins. You are forgiven. That's a promise from God. He separated your sins as far as the east is from the west. He said, your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Thank God that you're forgiven. He heals all of your diseases. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, you are healed. Thank him for his healing power poured out to you. Next, he redeems your life from destruction. How many times you would have been killed if God wasn't there to watch out for you? You are under his protection. Tell somebody you're still here. He sends out his angels to encamp around you to protect you. He crowns you with love and compassion. Tell Tell your neighbor, you are loved. You never have to feel unloved one day in your life. 
Because greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. And then he satisfies your desires with good things. Now you may not have all the good things yet you wish you had, but he's given you a bunch already. You are blessed. Thank you for your promise to satisfy my desires with good things. And then finally, your youth is renewed like the eagles. That means he will renew your strength. That means he will give you the strength to do everything he has called you to do. Those are the promises of God. Now, like Israel going into the promised land, you might have to do some battles to enter into some of those promises. But the starting point is to receive by faith every promise God has given. When you hear a promise, be sure to mix it with faith. Thank God for, Lord, thank you I'm forgiven. Lord, I thank you for your healing. Lord, I thank you for your protection. Lord, I thank you I am loved. I am blessed. Lord, you provide me with all the strength I need to do everything you've called me to do. Lord, I receive your promises by faith. And so in this month of Av, with every curse now broken, It's time to rise up in faith and enter the promise. Whoa! Whoa! Put your hand on somebody and say divine recovery. recovery. Now put your hand on them and say divine reversal. Father, we loose this anointing for us to carry out of here and spread the good news. Now, don't forget, a lot goes on here during First Fruit. And uh, we have restored glory. Now, Anita will work a deal for you. If you'll go there and see something you need, I'm telling you, It's all being restored for your life. Go and enter in by faith and walk in divine recovery this week. Oh, James and Robin, don't forget tomorrow night, they lead us in worship, the altar. Come to the altar. Own land, own your home, own your business, own appreciating assets, own your community, own your legacy, own your life. Just grab hold and take ownership.